Welcome to the City Life Podcast. I'm Tim Woody, the pastor of City Life Church in downtown Fort Worth. There is purpose for your life. There's a destiny you have yet to walk into, and there is hope regardless of what you're facing today. I encourage you to open your heart now to what God will be speaking to you over these next few minutes. Thanks. Thanks so much. I'm excited to jump into God's Word today. Anybody love Jesus in the house today? Yeah. Oh, man, so so good to see you again. Thanks for the great time of worship. Hey, I, I want to mention this, is that our new drums will be arriving soon, right? Right? Yeah. I think you're in charge of, of getting them, right? Yeah. That's a scary thought. No, it's not a scary thought. But, no, it might yeah, be. Yeah, it might be. <laughs> no, but, but we're excited about this. These are, these are drums that are going to be at work great through our live streaming and everything like that. Uh, completely controlled through our audio system, so it'll work everywhere. New drums are going to go right there, so we need to say in Jesus' name, drums. And uh, you know what the truth is? We can use about two or three new drummers. If you're a drummer or if you know someone who is and is lo- loving to use that talent for Jesus, they need to talk to you, right, Elizabeth. So, so just say, Elizabeth, I know somebody or I am somebody. And you just need to be bold and step out in it. Uh, another cool thing is, is uh, today we, we did a, we did a uh, season where we were doing the, the breakfast. Today was the last Sunday of the breakfast. We set it up to go, it's going to be all right. Y'all will be fine. Y'all will be fine, you know. <laughs> but we, we set it up for, for three months last fall. Uh, October, November, December, we decided to run it an extra month, but we're going to be shifting to something new starting next month. Now, next month, on the third Sunday of the month, we're going to have something called Brunch with Pastor Tim. Just one Sunday a month, but right after the service, we're going to have a brunch, which will be available for whoever wants to hang out, and we'll have a time of conversation, and you get to ask questions. We'll talk about the sermon, and uh, it'll just be a fun time of interaction, plus fellowship as well, so that comes up on the third Sunday of the month, so looking forward to all that. Hey, would you go ahead and get your Bibles? Get them open to two locations, two places. I need for you to get them and hold it in your Bible. Psalm 2713. Psalm 2713 and Isaiah 4318. Leave that up on the screens here for just a couple minutes so everyone can find that. Psalm 2713, Isaiah 4318. And if you're watching on the live stream at home or in your car or if you're in a bed, you know, I'm not going to shame you, but if you're in bed, that just get these located, all right? I want you, it's really important that you follow along with me in the scriptures, uh, in God's word. So Psalm 27, 13, Isaiah 43, 18. Man, you know what? I mean, we, we all know this. It's been an intense season uh, over the past, for, I'd say the past 11 months. Uh, again, I don't know about you, but for me, it has been an intense, yeah. intense season. You, you were alluding to that just a moment ago, Jake. It has been an intense season. And you don't never know how long a season is going to last. But I'm telling you what, I'm ready to move to the next season. How about y'all? Well, uh, that, that's why I've entitled today's message this. It's winter always gives way to spring. In fact, I want you to say it with me. Come on, get it in your spirit. Winter always gives way to spring. Say it again. Winter always gives way to spring. I don't like winter. Now, some of you, you're, you're a good Texan, and, and so you're like, oh, winter isn't bad. Hey, Winter in Texas is a series of cold fronts, okay? It's like it was, what, 78 yesterday? I mean, come on, give, give me a break. But, but, but I, I have my reasons, okay? One of them is in, in 1999, I took a pastorate up in northwest Missouri. 
And, and I remember sitting down with the board, and I was looking through the budget, and they already had the budget set up for the, the, the coming year. And I'm like, what in the world? They had $27,000 set up for snow removal. I was like, we're going to have a talk about this. So I said, well, let's talk about this because think about how this could be used for children's ministry or youth ministry or outreach or missions. Snow removal? It's like, you haven't seen it yet. Yeah, that's like, I don't know about that. And so we had, we had some ongoing discussions about that, how to trim that. Well, it never really, it, it, it never really happened. In fact, I remember the, the, the last summer, the last winter I was there, it was the winter of 2007 to 2008. I think that was the winter when God said, you just go ahead and leave, you know, because that was the last winter that I was there. But it is, there's no joke, no joke. 12 weeks, in, 12 weekends in a row, there was snow either on Saturday, Saturday night, or Sunday morning. And so it was like crazy. And, and it's not fun. It's not as much fun as you. Now, around here, it snows a little bit like snowflakes fall, and everybody goes, yay. Oh, let's make a snowball. No, you can't. Let's make a snowman. Oh, you can't, but you might want to touch it and hold it for a second. Okay, that's nice. That's fine. But but I, I would, I would, you know, sometimes there would be so much snow, the snow removal guys would come with their plows at 3, 4 a.m., 5 a.m., start plowing this, the, the lots, and, and, uh, and, and we didn't have enough crew to, to get all of our sidewalks cleared off. It's a big campus, and so I would call up the staff. I was like, okay, guys, I need all of you guys up here at 5.30 a.m., dress warm, bring an extra change of clothes. We're going to be shoveling snow. And so the guys, that I, I wouldn't make the girls do it, but, but the guys that were on staff, they, they, they didn't like it. They were not happy about it. They said, you know, a couple of them like, but we're pastors. It's the Lord's Day. I was like, well, you need to get out here and pastor yourself and tell yourself to get out here and shovel because we're going to take care of the people. You know, we, we got to have, we got to be able to get into the building. And so we would shovel snow and put the salt down and everything. Then we would change. Then we all come together for prayer and have church. It was, it was, it was terrible. <laughs> it was, it was just terrible. I, I did not. I did not like it. I, I didn't like winter at all. I, I tried. I'm telling you guys, I tried. I tried. Okay, I'm making fun. Of, I've got some Missourians here. I, I'm making fun of Missouri yet again in this sermon, but I tried. I tried. We see, winters can be tough. And a winter season can exhaust your energy. It can exhaust even your resources and your focus. But winter always gives way to spring. It does. And, and I was trying to, to picture what I could title today's message. And so I gave it the good title, Winter Always Gives Way to Spring, because I th think that's... But this is a little longer title than I'm normally used to. But my original title for this message, and I changed it at the last minute because I thought this is going to be weird. People's going to... You know, it's too many people are going to go online and try to watch the sermon. But I was actually going to, to, <laughs> to call my sermon Cold and Naked. But, but I thought... <laughs> I thought, no, 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 no. I mean, we'll definitely get a lot of hits, but that's not what I'm looking for or anything like that. Uh, we may, you know, some, some platforms may bump us off. I don't, I don't know. I may have to have a meeting with some of my bosses. I don't know. But, uh, but I thought, you know, it's kind of an extreme title, so I changed it at the last minute before everyone else saw it. But it's still memorable. I mean, it would definitely be memorable. Yeah, remember that time Pastor talked about cold and naked? Yeah, okay. But that's really it. It's, it's, it's a season, even kind of like the season we're in, it's a season of humility. Some of you, you're at a place where you're just saying, I can't anymore. I, I, I just feel so discouraged. I'm tired of this. I feel like I'm standing naked in the cold. And 
That's reality. But, but I want you to see this. It is a season. Now, I want to introduce you to something that's beautiful, that's on my property. It's at my house, and it's my lagerstremas. Do you guys know what a lagerstrema is? Yeah, that's called a crepe myrtle. And I want to introduce you to some of my crepe myrtles. I have several of them around the house. And, and my crepe myrtles are, are just, they're, they're wonderful. Aren't they gorgeous? Aren't they gorgeous? Three weeks ago, I had my landscape guy come out. And I said, you know, I've got some big trees. I've got to get some limbs down, cut some firewood for me, and do this and this and this and this. And I said, we've got to do something about these crepe myrtles. See, my crepe myrtles were like 15 feet tall. No kidding. They were scraggly. They looked ugly. They weren't putting out good blooms and everything. So you've got to do something. He goes, he goes, well, when was the last time you had those trimmed? I said, well, not in the last seven years. And so he said, he said well, we need to cut those down. So he cut them down. Some people have, have saw this picture online, and they have been kind of like saying, how dare you do that? You know, with that kind of, how dare you do that to those trees? Well, it, it's okay. They were only cut down to about eight feet, all right? So we cut them down to about eight feet, and he, he said, you know, watch what's going to happen. Well, I know because I've seen this happen before. It's like, yes, yes, all of, a, all of a sudden summer is going to come, and it's going to be gorgeous. See, with a crepe myrtle, it only blooms where there's new growth. And so what you want to do is you want to take it to a place where all kinds of new growth can come out. Now, it's going to be ugly for a few more weeks. And it look, and if you put a little snow in that picture, which and there's no way to do that around here, but if you were to put that with some snow, it would look naked and cold, right? And so that's the name of the sermon. Well, not the real name, the fake name. It's the name for those of you who are listening to it um, and not actually looking at a sermon title and going and clicking a sermon. But this summer, I'm telling you guys, my crepe myrtles this summer are not going to look like they did last summer. Not even close. In six months, in six months, these trees are going to be loaded with blooms like I have never seen before on these particular trees. And I'm pretty excited about it. But I want you to see that's kind of like where a lot of you are right now. And as you move into the next season... You're not going to look like you did in the previous season last time. Same thing for the church. Same thing for your business. Same thing for, the, I believe, even the kingdom of God at hand. That, 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 that we're not going to look like we did in that old season. We're in a winter time right now, and it's a time of shifting. It's a time of changing. It's a time of preparation for something amazing. See, wintertime is really, it is a time like of, of humility, but it gives way to beauty. Those great myrtles look pretty humble right now, don't they? But they will give way to beauty. And, and actually, winter is the time when the greatest work is done inside these trees. It really is. And winter's the time when the greatest work is done in us. That's why we're going to press into God. I'm going to give you some ways to do that. You know, Ecclesiastes chapter 3 verse 1 says there's, uh, there's a time for everything, a season for every activity under heaven. And, and you know what it's like. Spring comes around, 
seeds take root and, and vegetation grows and around here it's wet and it's stormy and you do yard work and yeah, it's, it's great because you get to, you're outdoors a lot. Summer comes along, summer around here, of course, is six months. We love it, love it. But it's, it's actually my favorite season, not everybody's favorite, but, but it's, there, there's heat and there's drought and there's grass fires, but there's also sweet tea and there's sunblocks, but you get to wear your shorts and have a good time and, and, and it's, it's the time to go to the lake. It's time for just the long, long, long days, which I love. Autumn comes and everything starts to grow dormant and the leaves fall off of the trees and, and the birds fly south except for the grackles. Those grackles, I, do, I, think, I think hell sent the grackles. I've heard some people say, oh, they're so good for, for the, 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 the land. It's like, no, but they're not good for my car because sometimes 50 of them will jump on my car and I'm like, you birds from hell, I don't know what you are, but go away got that out. <laughs> I, think, I, think that's part of the, I think that's part of the pain of winter. <laughs> it's just a grackle. Uh, you see swarms of them. <laughs> Any of you guys ever seen Alfred Hitchcock's movie, The Birds? Yeah. That's Texas with the grackles. All right. Winter comes around and it's cold and the, you're using the fireplace and you got your heaters and your electric blankets except you can't bring your electric blankets to church, so you just dress extra warm because the pastor likes to keep it a little bit cool in the auditorium. And, and uh, short days, it's also time to prune the trees. I really learned a lot about winter when I was living in Nebraska as a kid. Uh, I lived there for two years, and when I was 12 years old, I got my first job. Actually, it's when I started my first business because it was my own business. That's the way that it worked. And what way it worked is I delivered newspapers for the local uh, newspaper company. It was, called, it was called the Hastings Daily Tribune. It was in Hastings, Nebraska. And, and, and what we would do is I would just go buy these newspapers, and I would sell them and deliver them to the neighbors. So I had about 100 newspapers on my paper route, and, and I went out there and did that. And, but I'm telling you, the winter of, of 1977, like they still talk about it around there, and that was the one winter when I was doing my, my paper route. Jimmy Carter was president, because I know every time I folded a paper, it was like Jimmy Carter, Jimmy Carter, and then I would see Amy Carter. It's like, oh, I don't even like her. And so it was just, it, it was terrible, but I had to ride my bike to deliver these papers, and so I had these bags. Of, but, but occasionally, during the winter, there would be so much snow, and, and sometimes the neighbors wouldn't clear the sidewalks. So if the sidewalks aren't clear, you still got to get out there and deliver your newspapers, but you actually have to walk the route. So I'd put on two or three pairs of pants and all these, these clothes and make myself, bundle myself up, and I'd have to walk the paper out. And when I ran out of newspapers, I'd have to go back home, load it back up again in my bags, and go back out. And I learned to dislike winter at 12 years old. I believe that winter was kind of like of the devil in a sense. But, but and, and it, it was, it was kind of crazy because winter was, was painful, like some of the winters you guys are experiencing right now in your own heart and your life. And the only time I would get help, my parents would say, well, if it's 10 degrees or colder, we'll, we'll like, drive the car and help you. But, but, you're, but you have your own job. You're going to get out there and do it on your own, son. And so, yeah, I, I went out there and did it on my own. But I'll tell you what, if it was 9 or 10 degrees, I'm like, Mom, Dad, look, look at the thermometer. I know how cold it is. Come on. So my parents or one of my brothers would drive the car along, and I would get in and out and throw the newspapers. I was so happy. And, and one of the problems with the wintertime is resources were, became less. 
you see my paper route would become less and less productive because naturally you have customers fall off and it is really tough to go knocking on doors in your neighborhood trying to sell the newspaper to people hey do you want to subscribe to the paper like nobody's going to answer the door it's too cold so so naturally everything resources tended to go down like that i couldn't wait for spring because spring comes back around you're right back out there and and you can knock on those doors and all of a sudden the sales increase some of you guys who own businesses you know exactly what I'm talking about. And I learned a lot about winter, and I learned a lot about business that, that winter of 1977. And, and, and I'm just telling you, winters are tough. Winter seasons are tough. But my dad would tell me this. He says, I'm not going to get out here and do it for you. But he said, you got to get out here, and you got to keep going. You got to keep going one day at a time. You got to keep going, keep going, keep going keep going. You've got to push through. The winter seems endless, but you've got to push through because spring is on the other side. Sometimes I wish we could all just remain in a nice, comfortable season in our life. Don't you? You wish you could just stay in a nice, comfortable season, but that's not reality. So what does your winter look like? Are you lonely? Unfulfilled? Maybe depressed? Possibly feel like a failure or you've just experienced a lot of failure maybe you feel abandoned you're low on resources hear me well winter always gives way to spring when i look at my crepe myrtles they are ugly right now but the ugliness of today is beautiful because i know the rest of the story hey that's for some of you right there the ugliness of today is beautiful because I know the rest of the story. Now, you might say, I don't know the rest of the story. Well, God does, but I'm going to tell you the key here in just a second. See, new growth is going to come out. It is going to spring forth. That new growth is going to come. And so there's purpose in your winter season. And, 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 and you might just be like so done with the season that you're walking through. You might be saying, God, like, what's going to happen next or why? Maybe your plans and your goals and your strategies, they've all had to be laid aside. But I want you to look at Psalm 27. Look at it right now. Psalm 27, verse 13, because I want to show you something powerful that's in God's word that speaks to us in the middle of the dry winter season. It says, Psalm 27, 13, I remain confident of this. I will see the goodness of the Lord in the land of the living. Wait for the Lord. Be strong and take heart. Wait for the Lord. Now, I've been living by this scripture, and I challenge you to do the same as well. I like it from the, the message version. It says this. It says, I am sure now I will see God's goodness in the exuberant earth. Stay with God. Take heart. Don't quit. I'll say it again. Stay with God. Why? Because winter always gives way to spring. I challenge you, like the scripture said, remain confident. What is confident? Confidence is faith. God doesn't lie. He's not going to leave you stranded where you are. He's not going to leave you hanging. And it's faith that, that does this. It's faith that you will see God's goodness. And that is what's on the other side of it. Like I have faith that those great myrtles trees are going to burst forth. Well, you have faith that you will see God's goodness. Because God and the promises of God are much better to rely upon than any kind of a tree that's going to do anything. I'm serious. 
goodness. I love that word goodness. Goodness. I researched that word. You're going to see God's goodness. Here it is. Here's what it means. It means you're going to see God's, bla- God's best. You're going to see God's bounty. You're going to see his prosperity. You're going to see gladness come in your life. That's what that means. I love it because it also refers to produce of the land that is to be eaten and enjoyed. Yes, I remain confident of this. I will see all of that, this goodness in the land of the living. So what does it say? Wait for the Lord. Now, it doesn't say wait on the Lord. It says wait for the Lord. Important terminology there. Wait for the Lord. Be strong. You might say, well, I don't feel strong. Well, you got to be strong. Well, how can I be strong? I'm about to show you, okay? You, you, you will be strong when you wait on the Lord. Take heart. That means encourage yourself. Get your emotions encouraged and wait for the Lord. Okay, now you see, wait for the Lord is in there twice. I've been teaching you this. When you see something repeated over and over in the scriptures, that's a key to saying that's, that's a key component to everything that's being talked about here. So twice that's repeated. So let's look at what that means. What does it mean to wait for the Lord? Or as the message version says, it, it, it translates this, this way, stay with God. Well, in researching that term, I find something brilliantly beautiful. I, it's like I wish we all spoke Hebrew. That way we could understand this. My Hebrew, my Jewish friends are like, yeah, I've known that all my life. Well, I didn't. I'm from Texas, okay? But, but you've got to understand this. God, God wants us to wait for him to stay with him. Devin, come up here. I need your help. I need you, you to come up here and, and give, give me a hand with, with an illustration because I'm going to show you how this works. Uh, Devin, uh, you're bringing up a nice little power cord right here. This is a power cord. Hold, hold on to the end of the power cord. Okay, this, this, this like this, hold it good and tight here. Okay, this represents God. See, I can have some fun with him too because he's my son. I kind of mess with him. Can't do that with other people because I'm like, Tim, you're pasta. Well, I'm, that's my son, so I can have fun with him. And he'll, and he'll, pull, he'll pull it back on me. Uh, tug of war. But this is like, this is like God. I want you to just think of it. Okay, this is power surges to this, but it's also tough. You know, you're not going to just pull this thing apart, are you? No. So there's some strength here. There's purpose. There's functionality. And, and that, this is like God. God is power. God is strength. God is durable. So we're supposed to wait for the Lord. Well, what does that mean, wait? Well, this waiting is not passive. It doesn't mean I'm just going to sit here and look at this. It's not a passive waiting. It's actually active. It means you do something. Now, the word wait, get this, listen carefully. It means to twist and to stretch. It means to twist and to stretch. So if you're going to wait on the Lord, you are to twist and, and you, you are to twist and to stretch yourself around God. That's what it means. Now, Joe, I need your help up here, okay? Keep, keep holding this. Joe, come up, here, come up here beside me between me and Devin. Now, now Joe, you, you're bringing up here some twine. Now, this is some measly little scrackly-looking twine. This represents you. This represents you. It really does. And you're like, yeah, that does look like me. Yeah, it does. It does. This is you. But what we're supposed to do, because this is weak. This is weak stuff. It's not going to conduct anything. It is weak. It is wimpy. It is, I don't even know why this stuff exists. Like, you just put it on a package and wrap it up. I don't know. There, there are just very few uses for this. You use this all the time, right? Yeah, but yeah. this is like us. 
But to wait on the Lord means you twist yourself around it. Now, I want you to twist yourself. That represents you. So, Joe, that's you right here. That's you. You're, you're, you're twisting. Come on. Twist yourself around God. Twist yourself around. Wait on the Lord. This is it. Wait on the Lord. Wait on the Lord. Wait on the Lord. You are now twisting yourself around God so that, thank you very much, Joe. Good job. Good job, Devin. Now, now hold on to this. Now, I want you to see this. Now, you are intertwined with God. Everything that's happening through God is happening through you. Take a look at this. You are no longer weak. We can pull on this. We can tug on this, but it's not going to get, this is not going to break with any kind of stress or pressure because it's, it's waiting on the Lord. It is staying with God. It is twisted around it. See, that word, that word wait means to endure, and it also means to be strong like strands of a rope. This is what God calls us to do right here. And if you're trying to go through your winter and you're not twisting yourself around God, around his word, around the fellowship of believers, and, and, and following the basics of the kingdom, you're going to find yourself lonely, out there, not feeling very good. And it's, not, and it's more than feeling, it's a reality that things aren't going to be good. Now, everybody might be cold during this season, but the truth is, if you are wrapped up around God, if you are intertwined with God, miracles are coming because you're attached to Him, and nothing's going to break you during this season. You guys got that? All right, thank you guys. Thank you guys. In other words, what it means, we should eagerly, uh, just get this down, eagerly twist yourself around God. <laughs> get that. Eagerly twist yourself around God. That's what it means to wait on the Lord. That, that was a whole different meaning than wait. Some of you have read that before. It's like, okay, I'm just going to wait on God. No. Is there some eager twisting going on? You need to do some eager twisting and, and twist yourself around God. That's now you get it. Wait for the Lord and then be strong. You can't be strong on your own. You've got to have him. But you are strong when you have eagerly, eagerly uh, intertwined yourself and twisted yourself around God. Take heart. Wait for the Lord. Now, look at Isaiah 43, verse 18. That's that second scripture I wanted you to see. I tell you guys, when you see my crepe myrtles in August, <laughs> I'm going to be so happy. It's going to look so good. You just wait. Because, again, they're not going to look like they did during the summer of 2020. I'll scraggly and 15 feet high. Look what it says. Isaiah 43, verse 18. This is for you. Forget the former things. Just forget it. Just forget it. Forget what life was like in 2019. Forget what life was like before you faced this issue or that issue or whatever you're going through. Just forget it. Just stop going back to that. God's not a God that takes us backward. Forget the former things. Do not dwell on the past. Come on, I'm going to say it again. Do not dwell on the past. Some of you, the strategies and the plans that God is, is downloading to you right now, if you're listening, and, and the things he is doing in you, he's preparing you for this new season, and you can't base it upon what you did in the past. It's not going to look like the past, and you need to get over it. That's what the scripture says. Get over the past. Drop it. Get over it. I am doing a new thing. And now look at verse 19. It says, now it springs up. Do you not perceive it? 
I am making a way in the wilderness and streams in the wasteland. Your next season is not going to look like the season that's behind you, and that is very exciting. God's doing a new thing. So forget yesterday, guys. Forget it. Forget it. It's not coming back, and that's a good thing. Now, that includes your successes as well as your failures. We are in a season of shift to prepare us, and you are in a season of shift to prepare you for what's ahead. And during your season of shift, so many of you are walking through this right now, you feel like, I just don't have it anymore. I just don't. But, but God is working humility in you because he needs to do that in you to take you into the next season. Winter always gives way to spring. The crepe myrtles look humble, but they're going to be brilliant here in a few months. And, but he, he tells you, you have to see it, see it, see it, perceive it. There's a new road ahead. See it, perceive it. You might say, but I can't. Well, that's where you begin to see things in the spirit realm. You begin to look into the spirit realm and say, God, show me. Show me this new road ahead. And it is springing up. I'm, I'm challenging you. Open your spiritual eyes. The word says, I am making a way in the wilderness and streams in the wasteland. And it's springing up right now. What is a way? A way is a road. God is making a road in the middle of the wilderness to get you out of there. He is giving you a road that you're going to be able to walk on. You're not going to be walking through the sand dunes anymore. You're not going to be stumbling over the cactus anymore. You're not going to be, you're going to be able to on this road in the middle of the wilderness because God is taking you somewhere he's taken out and he's saying just look can you see the road well i don't see it you got to begin to look with spiritual eyes that's where your faith that's where your faith kicks in and then it says streams in the desert that streams in the desert refers to god's abundant provision he is going to provide abundantly for you so as you're walking out of that wilderness you can get you can get a get a little pole and go fishing (laughs) yeah and then there are going to be some trees on the side of that of that beautiful stream you're going to pick some fruit you're going to enjoy yourself those of, you got, those of you who like to hunt, I mean, animals are going to come up there and, and, uh, and they're going to be drinking from that stream. You're going to say, well, thank you, God, for sending the animal. Kaboom. We're all Texans here. <laughs> hey, guys, God led the children of Israel through the wilderness for a season. You realize that? that now, it was a very long season. It was a 40-year season. Keep in mind, the 40-year season was actually their choice because they didn't obey God. It was only supposed to be two. You don't want to add to the season because you're not obeying God and having faith during this time period. Okay, we're not going there today. We're not even going there. But while they were in the wilderness, God Himself did something amazing. He provided a cloud and fire, a cloud and fire. But it was actually God Himself. Now they were in the desert, and I did my research on this. The the in the Arabian Peninsula the daytime temperatures can get up to 130 degrees that my friend is stankin hot let me tell me how hot it is in texas when it gets to be 110 that's nothing children of israel would have been out in that kind of heat up to 130 degrees how in the world did they survive well god himself became a cloud and that cloud covered them kept them away from the beating heat and 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 provided for them at night that cloud transformed into fire if you ever been out in the desert it gets hot during the day and cold at night the fire is over them keeping them warm 
and providing a light. And whenever that cloud would start moving, they would move with it. See, because if they didn't move with the cloud, they were stuck to deal with the elements and no direction and no light. I wonder how many of the children of Israel said, I don't know about this. I'm tired of moving with this cloud. I don't know where it's taken me. And I don't even know if this is real. Is that God? I don't know. But they left themselves in the middle of the desert. Well, I don't know. But look at Exodus chapter 13, verse 21. I just want to read this to you. It says, by day, the Lord went ahead of them in a pillar of cloud to guide them on their way. And by night, in a pillar of fire to give them light so that they could travel by day or night. Follow the cloud. Follow the cloud. Follow the cloud. I know. I know you say, but I can't see it. You see it in the spirit realm. God also brings you revelation when you're in prayer, when you're in the word, when you're hearing the word, when you're with the fellowship of believers. God's word becomes crystal clear to you, and you can follow the cloud, and you're going to stay under that blessing of God. I don't want any of you stranded in the middle of your wilderness. God wants to give you a road out. He wants to give you provision. And God wants to get you out of this season into the next because that is God's plan. Because winter always gives way to spring. In fact, over the next few weeks, I'm beginning a series on taking your promised land. The things that have been promised to you. See, whenever, when they crossed over the Jordan River, I preached about this several months ago, but when they crossed over the Jordan River, nothing was the same. And you're about ready to walk into your land of promise. I believe this so strong. I talk about taking your promised land for the next few weeks. But today, it's about walking under the cloud of God. Out, out, out of this wilderness, out of this season. You're here this morning not in relationship with Jesus, first and foremost, I want to tell you, you need Jesus in your life. I, I believe that this is a time more than ever before when you need Jesus. You're not promised tomorrow. You're not promised tomorrow. You're not promised next week. <clears throat> you could leave here and you could, you could be killed in an auto accident on your way home. I'm saying that's scary. I'm just talking that's reality. That those things happen. Happen all around us every day in our city. Jesus will come. My goodness, things are ripe for Jesus to return. We don't know when. We don't know the day or the hour. But I do know this much. You need to be ready for eternity. And not just for eternity, but to have his guidance, his strength, and his encouragement with you day in and day out. So many of you in here, if, I were to, if you were to say, could, could you just tell me your story about how God has come through for you over the past several months? Come on, we, we'd have a line that you guys would be talking for hours and hours and hours. But if you don't have Jesus in your life, you're stuck and you need him. I want us just to be very reverent here for just a moment before we go to our time of prayer for one another. And if you're not in relationship with Jesus, whether you're watching me online or here in this room, I'm asking you to make the decision today to follow Christ. Make the decision today to follow Jesus Christ. And here's how you do it. You simply pray these words. And I'm going to ask you to pray these words with me. Say it out loud. Congregation, I want you to say it out loud also as a reaffirmation of your faith and encouragement to those around you who may be praying this and making the decision to follow Christ. 
with nobody looking around right now, if that's you and you're saying, that's, that's me, Pastor, I'm praying this prayer to give my life to Jesus today, would you raise your hand or would you mention it online? Would you just lay, raise, raise your hand and say, that's me, I'm making this prayer today to give my life to Jesus Christ. Good. We're praying with you right now. Come on, pray these words. Dear Jesus, forgive me of my sin. Wash me in your precious blood. I give my life to you. I turn away from my past and I embrace the future that you have for me. I'm going to follow you. I'm going to stay under the cloud. I'm going to walk in your new blessing and you're going to take me forward in my life. In Jesus' name, amen. Very quickly, if you prayed that prayer and you meant it in this room or at home, you'll t- fill out the next card and let me know the decision that you made. I really want to partner with you on next steps. Just turn it in at the next station. Or if you're watching online, you can also do it through your app. Just fill it out in there and let me know the decision you made. But this, there's a second thing I want to ask us to do right now. Is I'm, I want us to have a time of prayer. Because I want to pray for you. Because some of you, when I said cold and naked in the middle of the winter, you're like, yeah, that's, that's how I feel. That's how I feel. Others of you, you're, you're, you're wanting to hear a clear word from God. You're not quite sure what God is saying. I've been praying about this, and I, I'm going to have a time of prayer. And some of you, some of you, even just physically in your bodies, you, you've just been kind of limping, and God wants to heal you. God wants to heal you. So I've been praying that I, I felt God impress this on me last night, even as I was praying. That God, how? What do you want to do at the conclusion of the service? I, I believe what the Holy Spirit says. I want there to be a release of the gifts of the Spirit. So I, I'm going to ask you guys here in just a second. If you're if you're in a dry place, whatever it is, I don't I don't know what it is, but I'm, I'm going to ask you in just a second. Come stand here at the front. We all hit those spots. We all do. And I'm going to ask then for elders and staff. You guys will come around and you will pray with. And I'm going to ask you to, to tell the people who are, who are with you, hey, here's what I'm going through, here's what I'm facing, here's what I need an answer to prayer for, so they can agree with you specifically. Now, some of them, they, they may they may have a word from God for you. It could be a word of wisdom or a word of knowledge. It could be a prophetic word. And I want you to hear that and receive it. How do you know it's from God? Because it will just, like, resonate in your spirit. You're like, wow, yeah, I know that's that's God talking. And it also lines up with God's word. If anyone ever says something to you that doesn't resonate or doesn't line up with God's word, it's like, okay, thanks a lot, but no thanks. That's okay. But I do believe God wants to speak to us. God wants to heal. God wants to minister right here before we leave this place today. And I want you to open yourself up for that. So we guys stand, stand all across this room. And, and Elizabeth, as you begin leading us in worship, if you're just in this, if, if you're in this winter season, you're needing an answer from God. You need healing. You need deliverance. I don't, I'm not quite sure what it is. You need to come right up here. And I'm going to be praying for you. We're going to ask for miracles today. Come on, begin to lead us in worship. Come forward now. Just come forward and stand across the front. Come forward and stand across the front right now. And we're going to believe for miracles. Come on, guys. Stand all across the front right here. And elders are going to be coming up in just a second. But I want us to worship God. Come on, let's worship God in this atmosphere. Come on. Till sickness, it must leave. 
thank you that your word will be and is a light to our a lamp to our feet. It is a light to our path. We thank you, God, that your power is surging through us. We thank you that there is no weapon in hell that can shatter us, that can break us apart, because we are twisted around, God. We are waiting on God, and our eyes are open. God, I pray for a spirit of revelation also. God, that you will see us. That God, I pray for dreams and visions. I pray for clarity. God, that when we open up the word of God, that it will be, that things will just pop out of us. We'll say, that's the word of God for me today. God, I pray that. I pray that your church will become robust and will become strong and that we will be mighty, mighty agents of yours. That as we come through this season, great things will happen in the days to come, in the days to come. Some of you, some of you have businesses that God's about ready to explode. You've been going through a dry season, but God is giving you strategies. They don't look like what you were doing before, but those are strategies. God is about ready to burst forth on the scene. God is, God is giving some of you strategies and insights of just even different habits and patterns in your life. There are, there are routines that are changing. In fact, there are some routines in some of your lives that need to change. I'm talking about daily routines. They need to change. And as you make those changes, you are preparing yourself for the things God has for you. Because as you make those changes, there's going to be revelation coming your way. God's going to download more to you. You're going to walk by faith like never before. And you're going to do great exploits for God because God doesn't want you to stay right where you are. God's saying, stop looking at the past. Stop worrying about what happened back there. You live in the here and now. Make the changes. Get through this winter season. And I'm giving you a road. And I'm giving you streams in the desert. And you will come through on the other side. You will come through. And it will be majestic. And it will be beautiful in Jesus' name. Jesus' name. Jesus' name. The heart really feels strong about this thing of routines and uh, schedules, agendas, um, habits. Habits that, that... so you don't even realize you're in you're in these habits of doing certain things and and God brings you revelation on what that is but God is saying break those stop it break those habits break those habits God is the specialist just like the tree specialist came to my house and said now oh, we got to cut these things down got to get rid of all this undergrowth here because this thing's gonna we got to change some things because this is what's gonna come out it's gonna be God's saying, make the changes you need to make and make them now. Some of you, I'm serious. I mean, take a second to even write a few things down that God is showing you. You might think this just might be my, my imagination. Well, it might be, but it might not be. And if it is God, well, I tell you what, the worst thing to do is to walk up and say, well, I just imagined God. No, you didn't. Take it and receive and walk forward because God has amazing things on the other side for you. Do you guys believe it? Yeah. Yeah, well, I know that God has good, good stuff for you. Joel, why don't you come on up here? I don't know where you are, but Joel, you're going to come on up and dismiss us. There you are. I like Joel. Y'all like Joel? Yeah, Joel's a pretty good guy. All right, Joel, go ahead and give us a dismissal today. Yeah, I resonate with what he said about breaking habits. Did anybody break habits in 2020 that, you know, they don't do things now that they did then? Yeah, so watching some sports is my one. Anyway, thank you so much for attending today. 
uh, for joining us online. And I just want to speak the blessing on, over you. And since it's not on the screen and I don't have it memorized, I'm going to, oh, there it is. <laughs> God bless you and keep you. God smile on you and gift you. God look you full in the face and make you prosper. Have you discovered your street of influence? Whether it be family, government, business, arts and entertainment, faith, health and vitality, or education, head over to culturalstreets.com and discover your street today.